We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is July 27th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always. Joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is going on, brother? Not much, man. We're we're just in in the dead of summer here, waiting and praying for a FIBA game. And uh, you know, it's it is nice. We got some magic news today, which we'll talk about, Jonathan. Some a little insight into the schedule for the upcoming season, at least. Yeah, as you all are listening to this, if you're listening to this on Thursday. The Magic are only like nine days away from like the FIBA friendlies starting, which will start with Germany versus Sweden on August 5th. Still trying to figure out how like going to watch all of that stuff. But if we can figure that out, like for me, I'm guessing it's going to be some kind of like mixture of like a VPN and finding like the German broadcast somehow to try to watch that game. But that's going to be the fifth at one o'clock Eastern, that's a Saturday. So if you are tech savvy, you know, and you can figure out how to make that work, you may be able to watch Magic Basketball really sooner than you may think. And then on the seventh, which is going to be a Monday, so August seventh at ten o'clock Eastern, the U.S. is going to be playing Puerto Rico in Vegas at ten o'clock Eastern. I'm guessing that will probably be televised somewhere here in the States. So maybe we'll be able to find a a link or a stream or or something to be able to watch that game. So I'm really looking forward to that, Luke. I have some news. You might have seen today, Luke. I, I got my first ever pair of Crocs. And this is something that I swore I would never, ever, ever, ever do. But they're not like the Croc. You know, Croc. They're the... They're the recovery slide here. You might be able to see this in the uh, if you're on YouTube, you can That's see the slide. Beauty. And I was watching Anthony Black's like pre-draft documentary, and in one of the episodes, Crocs had sent him like this care package, and he took those out. And I was like, you know what? 
that is a croc that I could wear. And I was looking for like a house shoe. If you're not familiar with what a house shoe is, it's a shoe that you only wear in your house. So these crocs will never see the light of day. I only wear these in the house now. I just we have hardwood floors, and after you've been walking on hardwood floors all day, they hurt your feet, they hurt your back. So I just need a little bit of uh, a little cushion. So uh, shout out to Anthony Black. I now am a, a proud owner of a pair of Crocs. What are, what are your huh. thoughts on Crocs? I haven't worn a pair of Crocs since middle school, maybe. And that's maybe. I think I had a pair of like, I had a blue pair. I had like an orange and blue pair, obviously a nod to the Gators. And, um, and I really think that was the extent of it. But I, I don't know. I would wear them sometimes, like, you know, I don't know. As, like, a dorky sixth grader, I'd, like, wear them to church on Sundays every now and then. And my dad would be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, hey, listen, you know, I'm in the middle school building today. We have youth group. It's Sunday. I'm just wearing my, my Crocs. Don't worry about it. Put them in sport mode if you want to. Put that. Put it up. I mean, there's a lot of things. They're very versatile. And by versatile, I mean, they can do, like, two things. See, when Crocs like first came out, when I was like, I don't know, eight or nine years old, like the early 2000s, no one like that had any type of respect for themselves would be caught dead in a pair of Crocs. So that stigma has always just like stuck with me. Now Crocs, it's like really popular to have Crocs and to wear Crocs. It's like an, an in kind of shoe brand now. But for some reason, I still cannot shake that stigma. So when Carmen, my wife, saw these come in the mail today. She's like, "What are those?" I'm like, "They're, I know they're Crocs, but like they're nice and they're they're comfortable, you know. And they've got like the ribbing, you know, around like the you know like the Yeezys have. I know that's what every company is going for now that does that style of like you know outsole, but they're comfortable. And you know, now I own a pair of Crocs. So shout out to my boy Anthony Black, who uh, put me on to to my first pair of Crocs here, Luke." Congrats. Congrats. Yeah, man. It's a, a crowning achievement for me. What can I say? For those of you, you may have heard uh, in you know, recent weeks and, and months, uh, we announced that next season, starting with you know the first game of the season, Kevin, producer Kevin, is going to be hosting a post-game live show after every Magic game, like recapping the games, reacting to the games and everything like that. And we are in the midst of looking for someone to sponsor. We're looking for hopefully a local partner. So if you're in Orlando and you own or know someone that owns a, a local business and might be interested in sponsoring every single one of our post-game live shows, like you will be the post-game live show sponsored by XYZ or whoever, all 82 games plus playoffs. So uh, looking for a sponsor for that. So if you are or you know somebody that may be interested, Hit us up on social media. You know, you can email us at sixmanshowpc at gmail.com, wherever. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're that's one thing that we're looking for. Magic news. We got a, a little sprinkle of magic news today on this Wednesday that the Magic and the Hawks are going to be playing a regular season game in Mexico City on November 9th. So that's going to be like what, like the third week of the season, Luke? Uh, right now, it is undecided whether or not that will be a home or away game for the Magic. We're here hoping that it's an away game for the Magic, so you know, season ticket holders and Magic fans don't lose a home game. But if I had to guess, I have a feeling the Magic will probably get screwed, and this will end up counting as a home game for the Magic. 
That's fair, does him. That's fair. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts about going international? Your team playing international. Do you does it get you? Does it get the juices flowing at all? It it doesn't, to be honest. But when you think about like the grand scheme of things, it should because obviously, like here in the states, you know, there's there's territories. You know, if you live in South Florida, you're probably a Miami Heat fan. If you're in Central Florida, you're probably most likely a Magic fan. But there's a good chance you're a fan of another team. If you're in LA, you like the Lakers. If you're in Chicago, you're for the Bulls. When you get outside of the states, like we have a ton of magic fans in the UK. We have a ton of magic fans in Brazil. So when I look at opportunities like that and trying to like corner another area of the globe, I'm like, okay, why can't we have a bunch of, you know, fans from Mexico that will now be magic fans. So it doesn't exactly get my, my juices flown. I'm not like super pumped that the magic are going to be playing a game in Mexico city, but I do think it's a good thing. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you're talking about trying to keep up with the NFLs of the world and soccer and everything. You know, NFLs trying to become even more international. They obviously play in London quite a bit, I think, every year, right? There's at least one NFL game in London, I think. So I think now there's two. I think last year was mm-hmm. like the first season they had two. And I feel, is it the right, am I thinking correctly that they usually send like the not premier teams to London to play those games or is it kind of everybody and everybody? Last year Packers, baby. Oh, okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that maybe uh, they were sending the, the teams out there that didn't really uh, have much of an appeal. But. I think the last few years it's felt that way. Like, you know, like Jaguars and no, I know we got Jags fans out there. Y'all are relevant now. Last decade, not so much. So I don't mean that as a shot. Like the Jaguars were like the Orlando Magic equivalent of the NFL for a while. That it, it just is what it is. But it, I think it felt like that for a couple of years. But I think you know they they try to rotate so that you do get you know premier teams over there. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's cool. I, it expands the brand, like you said. And the immediate no, it doesn't. But Maybe the Magic start getting some fans from Mexico and a little bit more. I mean, the the good thing about Orlando, it's kind of twofold, right? You've got a lot of touristy events and groups coming to Amway. A lot of them come to, obviously, Orlando for Disney, whatever it might be, usually Disney. Then they just happen to catch a Magic game. But then they're Magic fans. I don't know how many of those convert to, like, diehard Magic fans, and how many is just like, oh, yeah, I went to Orlando, so I, I like the magic if I have to pick, if someone asked them. So I don't know. Maybe it helps grow the brand and, and you get more fans out of Mexico. I'm not sure how that conversion rate usually is, but it maybe plants a seed over there. Since the Amway, you know, Amway Center has been built, I would guess the conversion rate is not that high. You're in yeah. Orlando for the week. You're hitting up Disney. You know, Maybe you're hitting up SeaWorld. And then you go and you watch the Magic lose to like the Lakers by like 35 points. Probably not going to be like, you know what? This is the team. Something about this team. I'm going to root I, for this team for the rest of my life. However, Maybe that'll I will change interject. in the coming years. I will interject because I think, yes, 
but also a lot of those people as at that point don't care too much about the NBA. They go to Amway and they walk away with a good experience. The Amway, the, the, the actual arena is very cool. They come away as a fan stuff. of the other team is what I would guess. No, I'd say they, they, they remember they have fond memories of Amway and maybe they caught a t-shirt up in the, the 200s, whatever it might have been. And now they're, uh, they're magic fans just because of the fond memories. You know, I don't know. Well, now we'll be winning. You know, we should be winning more frequently. I'm going to guess the next 10 years will be better than the previous 10 years. Um, and just as a little reminder, so the Magic have played preseason exhibitions in the past in China, London, uh, Brazil, and Rio de Janeiro, Mexico City. And they played regular season games in London and also in Japan. So the Magic have, you know, a rich history of these sort of like international you know, games, these kind of neutral site games, if you will. So I'd be interested to see how the players feel about this. I'm guessing they would probably be excited, but I wouldn't be shocked if they weren't all that excited, especially if you're losing a home game. But the schedule should be coming out in a, you know, another, I don't know, three, four weeks here, I would guess, you know, usually like mid August. So by that point, obviously we'll know, and I really can't wait to go through the schedule. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. In other uh, Magic news, we had already talked about this on on one of our um, more recent episodes, but Jamal Mosley has now been officially named as the head coach for the U.S. select team uh, leading up to the the FIBA World Cup here. And the uh, U.S. select team roster has now been finalized. 14 players uh, comprising of you know, young prospects, NBA veterans, and also a you know, U.S. Uh, guess qualifying team veterans. Like we have guys uh, like Eric Micah, uh, you know, John Jenkins, Langston Galloway, guys that you know were part of. Uh, I think in at least some respect, the the qualifying rounds to help get the uh, you know Team USA into the World Cup, but then. Uh, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Quentin Grimes, Peyton Pritchard, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Keegan Murray, Jalen Williams, Nas Reed, Jalen Duran, and Chet Holmgren. A name that we talked about on one of the last episodes that we thought deserved a select team invite was Jalen Suggs. And we said, if he's not on the team, it must just mean that he got the invitation and for whatever reason, decided to decline that. Now, it has been announced that Jalen Suggs is going to be participating in uh, Basketball Without Borders in Africa next month in August, and we have it on good authority that Jalen Suggs did not receive an invitation to the U.S. select team, which is it's disappointing. That's really what, I, what I'll say. Obviously, we made the case for him. We thought he was really deserving of that. But we know that guys take note anytime something like this happens, anything that they view to be a, a snub or a slight. And this is just going to add you know, motivation, I would assume, to Jalen Suggs heading into next season, Luke. On the last episode, I talked about and went as far to say how ridiculous it is that Jalen Suggs wouldn't get an invite, but Peyton Pritchard did. Peyton, I am just so sincerely sorry that you're caught in the crosshairs here. But Peyton Pritchard played, he scored five and a half points for Boston, one assist, 
almost a turnover, uh, 1.8 rebounds, 41% from the field. And I think the most damning thing of this argument that goes against Peyton Pritchard, his own team, he he doesn't even play more than 13 minutes a game. His team's aware that he's not contributing last year, that he doesn't deserve more minutes. And though now at this point we're looking at where Jalen Suggs wasn't even extended an invitation. I don't know what kind of politics went on here that Jalen Suggs would not get an invitation. I is it the, the Boston Celtics pedigree? Is it the success that they've had? That sort of things. It has to be for a guy that was shooting forty one percent from the field on thirteen minutes. And just from a production standpoint, I mean field goal percentage wise. Jalen shot three more attempts from the field, shot the same percentage. So law of large numbers would say Peyton Pritchard shoots a few more attempts. He shoots below 41%. So it is just altogether ridiculous to me that Jalen Suggs would not receive an invite. I hate it for him. Uh, but like you said, these they, they take note. They know. And uh, Jalen is, is going to keep that in his back pocket and keep it moving. As we were going through this, Something came to mind like previous, you know, Team USA experience. And Peyton Pritchard, as I'm going through this, has something significant under his belt that in 2017, playing for the FIBA U19 World Cup, won a bronze medal. I thought Mm. that was significant. Then I realized Jalen Suggs has three gold medals. (laughs) <laughs> for the FIBA Americas under 16 in 2017, the under 17 in 2018, and the under 19 in 2019. So Jalen Suggs has already won three gold medals for Team USA at various levels. So I don't all around, I was like, okay, this is the one thing that would make sense if Peyton Pritchard has just, you know, done a ton of stuff with Team USA. And he's like, no, he's won a bronze medal, and Jalen's got three gold medals with Team USA. So the one argument that I thought maybe this would make sense, it doesn't make any sense. So Peyton Pritchard has a family member working for FIBA. That's all I got. That's all I got there. I have no idea. But, you know, bulletin board material. Like the Magic is are not a team that needs any additional motivation, and that's just a, another thing that will motivate Jalen Suggs, I think, going into this season. So... Looking forward to seeing Jalen Suggs playing with a vengeance this upcoming season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And Luke, something that I feel, you know, not obligated, but I think it's good for us to do each year, and there's no better time to do this than the off season, right? Like we've talked, you know, about how appreciative we've been, uh, you know, with all the growth, you know, that the show has seen and like the social media channels have seen over the course of the past year. So there are people that have probably just been listening, you know, since the end of like the last regular season, maybe it's through the lottery or the draft or after the draft. And now for one reason or another, they had now have like a vested interest in the magic and some of those people are are ones that'll become like our most loyal listeners moving forward and a lot of them you know are, are probably not all that familiar with us kind of with the show how everything started so i thought today would be a good idea to just kind of go through um really not our magic fandom i think we want to do that on another episode when producer Kevin is with us so we can kind of all go through that. But like specifically talking about the show, I've been a magic fan for a long time. And ever since I I knew what podcasts were, I've listened to various Orlando magic podcasts. And a few years ago, this is February of the 2018, 2019 season. I was driving home one night from a family gathering and I was listening actually to our buddy Philip Rossman Reich, who uh, just had our our boy Fazan on his show on Locked On Magic. I was listening to Locked On Magic episode ended. I said, "Man, I wish I had another Magic podcast to listen to." And my wife at the time, I don't know if if she could go back in time if she would have told herself just to stay <laughs> quiet because she's she just kind of you know in passing mentioned like, "Why don't you just start your own?" And I was like, "No, I would never do that." And now four and a half years later, it's like consumed, you know, our entire lives. So maybe, maybe she would take that back if she could, but it is too late to do that. So we started the podcast, me and a childhood best friend of mine, Will Robles. We started the podcast, uh, February of 2019. And then the, the magic go on that awesome run, you know, 22 and nine over the last 31 games, they were, you know, 11 games under 500, uh, finished the season. I think it was 42 and 40, if I'm not mistaken, that year. DJ Augustine hits a game winner, you know, game one. We follow, you know, the playoffs. And then as we're getting ready to go into the next season, now I'm absolutely in love with what we're doing. My buddy had a lot of stuff going on in his personal life. He realized he wasn't really in love with this the way that I was. And for me, it was much too late. And I knew it was going to be really important to me uh, to find a co-host that it wasn't going to be another situation of like, oh, I really like this. And then a few months later, they realize, oh, I don't really like this. 
So I started interviewing some folks. And uh, one of the first people I talked to was Luke Sylvia. And although I had other obligations to, to meet with some other people, I had told them, you know, we would talk and I would give them a fair shot. I was almost instantly convinced that Luke was going to be the guy. And that's something that I spent a lot of time thinking about, a lot of time praying about, because I knew that whoever I was going to bring on, I really wanted to, to be around for the long haul. And that was like uh, two weeks before COVID hit that we brought Luke onto the show. Yeah. Yeah. How long were you doing solo shows? It was on and off for about like two or three months. And I, at, during that time, I gained like a, I, like a, I already really respected Philip for what he does, you know, the, the five yeah. shows a week by himself. But like that grew exponentially when I was like, man, I hate doing this by myself. So like mm-hmm. pretty early on, I was like, I'm not going to, this will not last if I do this by myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, I really, the, what got me to reach out to you uh, transparently, I really didn't listen to many podcasts. I listened to like Bill Simmons and some other like not sports related podcasts. That was really it. And then otherwise I was consuming magic info through, you know, Twitter, um, Orlando magic daily, uh, a lot of Philip stuff, just articles, whatever was being put out at that time. And so I, but I, we had followed each other just on Twitter, whatever, just because we were magic fans, had that in common and you had the podcast and all that. And so you tweeted it out and I had been thinking, I really want to get into the space. I I don't really, at the time, I didn't know if I wanted to like stream video games. If I want, I knew I wanted to do something in something in front of a camera as like a hobby. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And then, uh, yeah, saw that. And I was like, man, that'd be interesting. I think I could, I think I could do it. And, uh, and so, yeah, like you said, we had a good conversation. I felt good about it, getting off the call with you. And, um, and then, yeah, we, we went into a pandemic globally and you and I just did a lot of things. The diehard listeners of the show know the Dinwiddie cup and, uh, the tumultuous things that we, we went through to, uh, keep the show going once a week, every week. And then obviously we introduced twice a week. And so, I mean, for those that haven't been listening since we start, have been listening only while we've been doing twice a week. I want to. I don't even know when we started twice a week. Was the beginning of which we're season? coming up on two years of doing, of twice, doing a twice a week, I believe, because it was it was shortly after we joined Blue Wire, and mm-hmm. that was the summer of 2021. So yeah, so pretty sure because. You know, it started to shoot the shot for those of you that were around for shoot the shot. We were like, can we really talk about the magic twice a week? And this is when the magic were bad. This is this was not when the magic were exciting. You know, this is when the magic were bad. And we were like, can we really talk about the magic twice a week? So we're like, oh, what if we did like a weekly NBA show? And then we were like, you know what? NBA is cool, but like we really care about the magic. So, yeah, we've been doing uh, twice a week. I think it's close to two, two years now. You and I can do... And this is the, probably the last thing that we'll really divulge or talk about in, in regard to this segment. But you and I could jump on here twice a week and just BS about the magic for a very long time without any former research or really you know looking too much into things. The NBA show, different animal. Because you and I live and breathe Orlando Magic basketball. 
we can have an NBA conversation casually, but coming up with content once a week even, especially like in the dead of the season or whatever it might have been, or even during the season, we'd have to just come up with one. And you and I just like didn't really have the passion for it. We would just be like, oh, I guess we'll we'll talk about these like few big headlines and go into it. I think everybody appreciates that we switched to just doing two Orlando Magic podcasts. That's what yeah. they care about. That's how they found us. And there's so many NBA podcasts out there. It just became way too daunting of a task to compete with those other ones out there. And I'm glad that we switched to two Magic podcast content centric things a week. So Luke and I, we got through that two. 2020 2021 like covid you know shortened season and then like right before the draft lottery in 2021 producer kevin reached out and i Mm -hmm. guess you know he had listened to the show a bit at least i I think he did maybe i hope he did and he he's like hey i just want to be involved in in some way and he you know with his expertise and um you know just his dedication has helped take the show to another level and really, you know, the, the idea behind the show and like the, the six man show was like, you know, other people are covering the magic, but they're, they're, they're more so trying to do it. And I don't mean this in any, you know, like negative kind of way, just like a bit more buttoned up, you know, coming at it from a, a bit more of like an unbiased perspective. And I was never going to be able to hide the fact that I was biased about the Orlando magic. And we're very proud about that. Uh, if you're not familiar or if you're like a newer fan, you know, to the magic, the Magic are one of, I think it's the Raptors haven't retired any numbers yet, and neither have the Clippers. So I think we're still just one of three teams in the NBA that don't have a jersey retired for any players. But the Magic have one number retired, and it's the number six for the fans. Like if you go to Amway, you look up in the Raptors, you'll see the number six retired, and on the jersey it says the fans. So the sixth man show is like the fans are the sixth man. It's a magic podcast from the fan perspective. So that's really the idea behind the show. And then like essentially our mission statement is, you know, we believe that this team deserves a really diehard fan base, just like you would see in any other major city, whether it's New York or Boston or Philly or Chicago or LA, wherever. We love this team so much. We love this organization so much. The people in the organization, the, the guys that play for this organization we love all of that so much that it is our mission to make sure that by the time somebody is reading my eulogy, there are like a ton more diehard Magic fans. And we do that by trying to grow fans in number, in passion, and in knowledge through the show. So we try to prepare for these shows as, as best as possible. There are still people that think we have no idea what we're talking about, and that is totally fine. Those people still listen to the show, and we really, really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but when you hear people like the national media give like these, you know, dumb little, you know, bite-sized bits whenever they talk about the magic of like, oh, you know, the magic are, uh, you know, when when they talk about somebody tweeted me the other day about Franz Wagner being a role player and how his numbers are inflated because he was playing on a team that had no accountability and was just like a, a completely bad team. And it's like, well, my friend, respectfully, you have no idea what the hell you're talking about, all right? Because Franz is him, first of all. <laughs> like, Franz is that guy. And the Magic, in terms of young teams, um, have a very high level of, of accountability. And for the better part of the season, like the last 57 games of last year, 
were near like a, they're one game over 500 over the last 57 games. So it's stuff like that that really annoys us that we're here to try to like debunk and like let people know like no this is what is really going on so if you're a fan of the magic you can stay in you know informed even if you can't watch every single game like we do you can still feel you know like you're in tune with the team and if you're not a fan of the magic you can come to our show so that you can hear like what is really going on and that has turned into us building like a fantastic community full of listeners and and fans and people that we now call friends and we do in-person events like we just had you know, six or 700 people come out to the, to the watch party that we did for the NBA draft lottery. And, um, yeah, this has become like all of our baby. So, um, yeah. Luke, I don't know if you have anything to add. That's kind of like I, my full six man show pitch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't have anything else to add. Um, once again, thank you guys for listening, uh, right now, July 27th, as you're listening to this, thank you to you guys that are listening to this, that, you know, we're, the uh the you guys can't wait for Mondays and Thursdays because our show or episode is going to drop really means a lot to us. I really want to add Jonathan. You talk about Franz Wagner, the guy tweeting you that whatever. I just want to emphasize how ridiculous it is that Franz Wagner averaged as a sophomore eighteen and a half points per game, four rebounds, three and a half assists, and shot forty eight and a half percent from the field on fourteen attempts and shot four and a half threes at 36%. If Franz Wagner did that the rest of his career, I would be fine. I'd be like, wow, this Franz guy, he really he really can be, you know, just a really great option, a really great number two on a good team, like on a great team. Eight, that's enough to get the job done. That's all I'm saying. Give him a few more attempts. Half, yes. But it's just insane to me that anybody would say that, you know, go out of their way to talk about him having inflated numbers. It would be different, Jonathan, if he shot 14 field goal attempts a game as he did last season and shot sub 40%. The guy shot 48.5% from the field on 14 attempts. What else do you guys want from the guy? He's going to continue to get better. That argument is so stupid. I had not seen that anybody tweeted you that, obviously. Crazy to me. But um, yeah, Franz Wagner, what a guy, what a player. Go Magic. I, I My reply to him was the Christian Wood video of talking to Shaq on the, oh, casuals. man, you're a casual. Like, that's casual. all I have to say to that guy. So, yeah. All right, let's switch it up really quickly, Luke, and let's talk about the wonderful folks that help make every single episode possible our patrons. So our patrons are a wonderful group of our listeners, uh, you know, fans, viewers, friends, uh, and sometimes even family um, that help financially support the show and help us, you know, make every single episode possible. And when I say family, I really mean family. Like Luke's mom is a patron. Like, and I don't mean that as like, you know, any, like I'm, I'm very respectful to, to, to Mrs. Sylvia. Don't anybody get that, uh, you know, confused here. Um, but yeah, again, our Patreon community, we have a number of different tiers, uh, starting at, you know, $2 a month, going up to $15 a month where you can get various benefits. So if any of that interests you, or you just want to help support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show as a special benefit to our elite and hall of fame tier patrons. We give them a special shout out every single episode. So I'll go ahead and start as always with the court cousins. And then Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, 
Jonathan Borges, normal Magic player history, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Francis, Warmth, Pierre A, Nostalgia and M&M, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum Drum, Drummy Drum Drum. I added one too many drums there. My apologies. Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred Jr., Bruce Afrikan, Shahin 177, Bobby the Dawn, Himlo, Ban Himro, Arm Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Two Hearts Off, Taco Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Fanwell 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kevin, Bruv Sal, Again, if you want to be part of the action, I don't know what action that is, uh, but you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Luke, as we continue to talk, you know, through this offseason, it sounds like, well, it feels like every guest that we've had on so far, we're asking them, like, what are your expectations for the Magic? You know, we, I think we talked, you know, earlier in the offseason with Drew Gooden and uh, with Jake Chapman. We recently went through that, you know, with, uh, you know, Pierre, you know, Pee Wee to plug from uh, Through the Wire, uh, you know, House of Highlights, Bleach Report, all that great stuff. If you haven't heard of them, check them out for sure. Uh, and we just recently did it with Dan Savage as well. So we thought that it would be helpful, you know, informative if we went through and talked about the expectations for next season for the Magic and and sort of what is realistic and not only what is realistic, but like three different tiers of like, this is what a good season, like a successful season looks like for the Magic. This is what a terrible season looks like for the Magic. And like, this is like the best version of what the magic can be next season, Luke. Where do you think we should start in this conversation? Let's start best case. That to me, that's the most fun. I wanted to save that for last. 
All right. Well, then we can do worst case. You want to do worst case first? Yes. Looking at last season, the Magic finished 34 and 48. They were fourth in the Southeast Division. In terms of, you know, the Eastern Conference, they ended up, I guess, tied or no, I guess they would have had sole position of 13th. You know, you had the Raptors there at 10 and then Indiana and Washington both at 35 wins there, Luke. The Magic started 5 and 20 at the beginning of last season. I have some stats here. After that 5 and 20 start over the last 57 games, they went 29 and 28 again to get to that, you know, 34 and 48 mark there. Over that stretch, Luke, the defense was still not good. But in terms of defensive rating, which is you know how many points per 100 possessions does a team allow their opponent to score, the Magic were sixth in defensive rating. They were almost a top five defense over the last 57 games last year. And they were also fourth in free throw attempts per game. And I say that because those are two things that I think are replicable for the Magic. When you talk about Franz Wagner, Markel Fultz, Paolo Bancaro, especially, you know, their ability to get into the lane, get to the rim, you know, take contact, Paolo Bancaro drawing fouls, especially. I don't know if they'll be that high, you know, in free throw rate over the course of an entire season, but the defense, especially the Magic, should be able to replicate that, Luke. What I think the worst case scenario is going to come down to, and this is like if the bottom just falls out of this team, is we would once again just have to be completely decimated by injuries. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's got to be the worst, worst, worst case, right? I think you're looking at a season that is riddled with injuries. As a result of the injuries, your players don't get the development and growth that they would have had with a fully healthy season. And you're looking at if you win 34 games last year, you have the five and 20 start. I'd say you're looking at about the same result as far as like you in the, but the magic played pretty good basketball, but I just think that's how good they are healthy. It's a matter of how long they are injured for. So I, I just feel like it can't get much worse than a five and 20 start. And, and, and it was all because you didn't have a point guard. So lack of health, no point guard, and uh, so I, I would I would place worst case the twenty three twenty four magic injury riddled about the same like as far as record goes and product. So I would argue just a little bit because although the magic like once they got more healthy after that five and twenty start like once Cole Anthony was back once Gary Harris was back once Markel Fultz was back. Like you still had like, you know, Wendell that, you know, miss a little bit of time there, you know, Paolo missed a stretch. But for the most part, once everybody came back after that five and 20 start, it, it kind of felt like the team was mostly healthy the rest of the way there. And the Magic played, you know, we just mentioned you know, one game better than 500 over 57 games. I feel like last year, not last year, next year, if you have multiple devastating injuries to key pieces. And I'm not even going to name names because I don't want to put that into the universe. Don't you do it. My mm -hmm. absolute floor for the Magic next year would be like 30 wins. Like other teams are expecting you now on a nightly basis. You're not going to sneak up on any teams. 
there are elevated expectations here. I would say like 30 wins for this team would be like absolute worst case scenario. I cannot see any kind of scenario, you know, even given, you know, in like major injuries to multiple key players where the Magic win less than 30 games. And part of that, I'm going to attribute just to like the new found depth that the Magic have. Like, you know, last year when, you know, we were having to play guys like Chuma OKK a ton, um, you know, during, you know, various spurts, Kevon Harris a lot, Admiral Schofield at times, right? Those guys, even like with significant injuries, like really should not see the floor because we have guys like Goga, like Anthony Black, like Jet Howard potentially, or if those guys are in the rotation, you're going to have guys like Gary Harris or Joe Ingles that are like veteran presences that will be able to come in and contribute to winning basketball. So even if we have like multiple guys that go down for significant periods of time, like you played 500 basketball for like two thirds of the season, you know, to, to get you to 34 wins. If you're missing, you know, a key piece or two for the entire season. Like I could see the magic falling just below that, but I'm talking like literally the sky is falling doomsday. The magic or a 30 win team. I don't think that like, that's not that bad. If just everything fell apart next season. Yeah, that's not that bad, but it would also, I mean, it would, it would feel that bad. You and I have been through the injury riddled seasons and seen this team lose a lot of basketball games. And if I have to watch them win 30 games next year, I don't care the circumstances. I'm calling for everybody's head. I, I, I think just everybody, let them all go. Let them all go. Matter of fact, let's take a year off as a franchise. Relegate and we'll them get to back the to G this. League. That's exactly right. Play in the G League for a little bit, you know, punish us. And then we'll come back better than ever. I just cannot take another 30-win team. The sky will feel like it's falling, for sure. What I've learned in our last couple of seasons, like when it's gotten like especially rough, is like sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you can't see the forest for the trees, and it may not be quite as bad as you think it is in that moment. You know, like a, a couple of years ago, you know, uh, the year before last, you know, 22 wins. But you still come away from that season, you know, with Franz Wagner. You get Markel Fultz back at the end of the year. Things are looking up. Gets you to the number one overall pick. Now, that certainly helped. And last year, like, we're in the middle of that 5-20 and 20 start, and it felt like the sky was falling. And we kept saying, like, we're close, but, like, we just need to get guys back. We just need to get guys back. And as soon as we got guys back, like, things turned around immediately. And then as things really started to look great, then Jonathan Isaac goes out. So, again, like worst case scenario, 30 wins. And that's me trying to like be even a little bit pessimistic because like, could we see things go worse than last season? I don't know. Maybe. Again, if we have like significant injuries to like really key pieces and you know who I'm talking about, I'm not going to say any names, but if something like that were to happen, I could see us being worse than last year. Okay. Do you do you want to get into what do you want to do now? Do you want to do just, just like, like realistic? Let's do realistic and like we come to the end of the season and we're like, you know what? 
that was a successful season for the Magic. And what does that look like to you? Realistic and successful for me. This is obviously you're you have some injuries, not a ton, not a bunch of people missing time, no, not anywhere close to last year's injury luck. You have average, and I'm not talking about Orlando Magic average injury luck. You have league-wide injury luck. Okay, this is the normal. I am going to say that this would put the Magic for me record-wise at 40 wins is where I'm going with it. I'm saying you go 40 and 42, and that that's kind of where I'm settling at right now. Is that you go 40 and 42. You and I haven't talked about the over-under win total, but I will say instead of basing it off of like the standings and everything, basing it off of last season and what the standings look like, it's a different dynamic, different landscape, and the win totals for the, t- for the upcoming season have very much reflected that. Through DraftKings, uh, I believe is a sports book that I that I've read off this website um, before. But the Magic, based on their over under odds, thirty five and a half, would place them. There's a couple teams that are off the board as far as odds. Right, they're in the East. You've got guys that haven't you know, odds that haven't been listed yet. The Sixers, the Heat, and the Nets. Those are your Eastern Conference teams. I'm gonna say, in this hypothetical world, the Magic have a better over under than the Nets. I think the Magic are better than the Nets. Then you're going to say the Sixers and the Heat have a better record. So this would place the Magic in the grand scheme of things at 10th, at 35.5 for the over-under. So meaning if they were to get 36 wins, maybe that puts them at the 10 spot. I think 40 wins next year, and Vegas seems to think this as well, 40 wins could maybe land you in the 8 spot. Something along those lines. So I, I I wouldn't hate it at all. Also, those odds, by the way, for the Magic at 35 and a half, minus 140 right now for DraftKings if you took the over. With uh, the opposite end of that being plus 115. So I feel good about it. 40 wins is what I'll say for a realistic season for the Magic. Yeah, and, and speaking about the over-under... I got the Magic's over, and I think um, I wasn't on DraftKings. I was on Bovada, and I think Mm -hmm. there it was 36 and a half, if I'm not mistaken, and I still took the over, and I got that at minus 130. I laid 200 smackaroons on that, and listen, for those of you that are worried about my kids eating, let me remind (laughs) you about my, what was it, 27 or 28 and a half? win over bet last year and my Paolo Bancaro rookie of the year bet both of those cashed so I'm just taking my winnings from last year and I'm just doubling 35 and a half is what Bavada has it at at this moment I thought that it was the same I couldn't be like misremembering that's very very possible but it was still Um, it was it was minus 130 put 200 bucks on that so uh looking forward to, to cashing that now Luke I we we've talked about this Somewhat recently, I don't know if it was on air. I, I think it might have been on one of our, you know, playbacks that we did. But um, you were at forty and forty-two. I'm at forty-two and forty. You know, eight mm-hmm. more wins. You know, as opposed to last year, some of the young guys take a step. You're a little bit more healthy. You've got more depth. And when we talk about like, you know, average injury luck, not like the Magic's injury luck, 
the Magic over like the past three seasons are leading the NBA in man games lost. Even last year, the the latest I could check in the season was like March 16th. The Magic were still second in the league in man games lost behind only the Miami Heat who, you know, yes, they went to the NBA finals, but they had this like miraculously hot three-point shooting streak for a month and a half that landed them there. The Miami Heat were not that good last year. I'm just going to say that. I don't I don't care what anybody thinks about that. When we talk about average injury luck, I thought it would be useful or helpful to go through and take a look at each guy for the Magic and what their career average is for games played in a season. So we're going to go through the whole list here, so bear with me. So Paolo last year only missed 10 games, played 72 games his rookie year. Franz, the freaking Iron Man Wagner, uh, an average of 79 and a half games played in his first two years. Markel Fultz, you know, obviously, I feel like you have to look at Markel Fultz a little bit differently when you look at like his you know, career games played averages because the first, you know, two and a half seasons, the 76ers couldn't even figure out what was wrong with him to to attempt to help to get him back on the floor. It wasn't until he went outside of the 76ers organization and was diagnosed with the thoracic outlet syndrome that he could then work on that. Um, but Markel, in his career, 31.8 games played per season. Now with the Magic, that's 39.5. Now, Markel missed the better part of two seasons with the ACL and then came back last year and I think played 60 games, if I'm not mistaken. And a couple of years before that, I believe played every game for the Magic in the COVID shortened season. I think it was like 72 games that he played that year. So apart from like the major injury to the knee, Markel has and then, you know, broke the toe, which, you know, is like a freak thing. We're hoping, and I, I do think that it's realistic to think that Markel Fultz will be, you know, he'll be able to play 60 plus games this year. I, th- I think that's realistic to think, even though his games played average for his career would, would argue against that. Now, Wendell, and this is the thing, Luke, I wanted to ask you whenever I say when Wendell and I say his first name, it's Wendell. When I say his full name, I say Wendell Carter Jr., I don't say Wendell Carter Jr. What do you do when you say his first name versus his full name? Do you do the same thing? I probably Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. But when you say Wendell, oh. it's Wendell. It's Wendell, which is the correct way. Right. So we need yeah. it's, it's Wendell Carter Jr., but that doesn't sound right when I say it. Yeah, it feels like you got to say it fast and it comes out Wendell. Right. It comes out weird. So Wendell hmm. His average for his career is 52 games. Now, with Orlando in his first season, you know, he was traded after the, you know, he was traded at the deadline, you know, for Nikola Vucevic and, you know, Franz Wagner and and now Jet Howard as well. Um, In his first season, he played 22 out of 27 games that he was here for, uh, which would equal 81% of games. If you extrapolate that across an 82 game season, that would be 66 games. Pretty good, right? And that season was also shortened by 10 games because that was the season after COVID. So there's a possibility that, you know, he might have played to the equivalent of like 70 games, you know, across that percentage 
had there been a few more games that season. Now, the last two seasons with the Magic, he's played 59 and a half games on average. So when we talk about you need a backup center that can start, you know, 20 to 25 games, this is why we're talking about that because, you know, Wendell averages to miss, you know, a, a you know, a good chunk of the season, unfortunately. Cole Anthony averages 57 games, uh, 47 games his first year, did have a little bit of injuries, but again, that season was shortened by COVID, uh, you know, and then had, uh, you know, a couple of injuries the, the last couple of years as well. Now, Jalen, everybody knows, has been injury riddled the you know first couple of years here, averaging 50 and a half games. Gary Harris for his career, 57.3. With Orlando in his first season, he played 20 out of a possible 27, which would be 74% over an 82-game season. That would be the equivalent of 60 games. Now, that season, like I mentioned, was shortened by 10 games due to COVID. So maybe he would have had a little bit of a percentage there. But the two seasons since then with the Magic, 54 and a half. Mo Wagner, although he, he's had some you know, minor injuries throughout his career, um, he's averaging 50.6 games played each season. But I think that has more so to do with his role. You know, that he's just a not a, an every night in the rotation kind of guy. His first season with the Magic, he played 11 out of 11 games to the end of the season. And the last two seasons with the Magic, he's averaged 60 games. Joe Ingles, for his career, obviously things are a little bit different now with the ACL that he had a, a couple of seasons ago. But this guy averages 70 games a year played. So if he can get back to that form, this is a guy who should be able to play most games for you. This one is is very depressing. When I read this, I was like, wow, this is this sucks. Jonathan Isaac averages 24 and a half games a season. Six seasons in the league, and he's missed, you know, the you know, two and a half seasons essentially for the ACL, and then you know, missed the last chunk of last season with the adductor and missed a chunk his rookie year due to an ankle injury. I think the most that he's played, I think it was. 70 games in his second season, if I'm I'm not mistaken. Goga <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> 24 and a half games over the course of 24 and a half games a season over the course of six seasons. It is really crazy when you when you think about that. Uh, but obviously we're we're hoping that will finally change this year. Uh, Goga, this is another guy who the numbers don't really reflect reflect injury. They more so reflect his role on the teams that he's played on. 46.7 um, games a year last year played 17 out of 23 for the magic, which would have been 73 was, was 73% of games, which would equal to 59 games over the course of an 82 game season. Caleb Houston last year played 51 games more so to do with his role than anything else. Chuma Okeke. This is not counting the first season that he completely missed. This is the three seasons since then he's averaging 47.3 games a season part of that is injury part of that is role and then i even have jet howard and anthony black uh, from last year you know in college so jet last year at the university of michigan played 29 out of 34 games played a lot of the season injured uh, that was 85 percent of games over the course of an 82 game season that would be 69 nba games and then anthony black played 36 out of 36 games last year at arkansas and those games are 40 minutes long. He averaged 34.9 minutes per game. So 35 yeah. minutes per game, essentially. 
That's a mm-hmm. lot. That's like 36 minutes per game in the NBA, I think. My my math could be off. Maybe it's like 40 minutes. It's a lot of the freaking game, all right? So when you look at most of our guys, most of our guys average somewhere between like 50 and 60 games played a year. It doesn't make mm. me feel great when you look at it in that mm-hmm. context. However, our best players right now, Paolo, 72, Franz, 79 and a half, that makes me feel a bit better because we know that those guys can carry the load. Yeah. Yeah. So does that lead us to the best case? It does lead us to the best case. So the best case is that like all of these guys stay relatively healthy. Like best case scenario, if the Magic are even like average health, like NBA health, like Luke was talking about, like some of the teams that had like average NBA health last year were like Milwaukee. Boston, Denver, like some of the best teams in the league. It's no secret that the healthier your team is, the better odds are that you're going to be good and have a good regular season record, right? So if the Magic even have like league average health and, you know, a handful of our guys play the most amount of games that they've played in the season. And a part of that is also going to be development. Like we need Franz to take even another step up. We need Paolo to take another step up. We need Markel to take a little bit of a step up. We mostly just need Wendell to really play more games. Cole probably just needed him to do what he did the second half of last season. Jalen needs to take a big step offensively. Gary just needs to not tear his meniscus to start the season. You know, if we can get 60 games, you know, out of Gary or you know, 80% of games leading up to the trade deadline. If you know, we end up moving him, we need Joe Ingles to stay healthy. We need Jonathan Isaac to play 60 plus games. Like to me, that would be huge. And then we need any of the other guys that are going to be in the rotation, whether that's Mo or Gogo or Jet or Anthony Black. We need those guys to stay relatively healthy as well. If all of the things that I just said happened, the Magic could be a 50-win team. That's where I would put the cap. I would put the cap at 5-0, 50 wins. I don't think that's crazy at all. And that would There's be like arguably that. fourth or fifth seed in the East. Right. Uh, listen, injuries are going to happen, right? But in this fantasy land, this is best case for the Magic. There are people that are listening and they're like, 50 wins? What are you talking about? This team won 34 last year. We have seen what health can do for a team. And the seasons I think of, yes, the season I think of for the positive is the 27-18 Magic versus the 2018-19 Magic. The largest difference was health. You were injury riddled in that 17-18 season. And at that point, I mean, you're not winning anything. You won 25 games that year. The next season, 2018-19, Steve Clifford's first year, you have a very, very healthy season. You improve by 17 wins, 42-40. and So it is not outlandish, I don't think, for Jonathan to say that you're going to improve, best case, 16 wins. And this, and I'm even admitting that that is unrealistic. It's, it's not of likely. Course. It's not likely at all. 
Right. But, you, the literally the whole team needs to be pretty. Yeah, you know, it, it's healthy. not likely for any team to hit their best case scenario. Like it just right. it unfortunately it doesn't land, happen. Like I said. This is fantasy land. Uh, before you threw out fifty, the number in my head that I had was uh, forty six. So you're looking at fourteen game improvement from last season in this best case scenario. I don't I don't hate fifty. I think for the reasons that I just explained. Steve Clifford's first year, the greatest injury luck the Magic have had in a long time. You are looking at with best case, you're looking at the best Magic season since 2010, 2011, when the Magic won 52 games. The Magic have eclipsed 40 wins once, once. since then. That 18-19 season. <laughs> yes, in the last 13 seasons, basically. Woof. It would be, uh, like you said, not likely. Would it be fun? Absolutely. So I love to do it. Regardless, if that's my 46-win prediction or your 50, I'll take either. I don't ask for much. We're at the point in the podcast now where some people have done the meme of like the angry guy taking off the headphones like he doesn't want to hear it. Those people mm-hmm. are already gone. If you're one of the sickos that is still with us here, we've been talking you know, fantasy and everything like that. Let's, let's get a little sexier even. All right, the kids oh might want to leave the room for what I'm about to say. That's how that's how down and dirty we're about to get. All right, <laughs> let me run you through some things here because these are things that are probably not like incredibly likely, but also not completely outside of the realm of possibilities. Okay, Paolo Bancaro, year two, right? Let me let me pull up. The, the magic stats, as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, this kid's getting... You, you're going we're, now. We're going there, brother. We're going there. <laughs> so, Paolo Bancaro, 72 games last year, 15.6 attempts. I want Paolo and Franz both to be closer to about 20 attempts next season. If Franz can maintain the efficiency at 48% and Paolo can you know go from 42 to like maybe 45%, just a little bit more efficient... And we get Paolo averaging 25 points a game, seven rebounds, four assists. We get Franz Wagner averaging like 23 points a game, shooting 47% from the floor, 37% from the three-point line, adding in his four rebounds, three and a half assists. Wendell Carter plays 68 games next season. Markel plays 72 games next season. Those boys continue to do what they do. Cole Anthony plays, let's say, 65 games. Jonathan Isaac, if he plays 65 games next season, Jalen Suggs goes from shooting 41% from the field to 44% from the field and takes that 32.7% from the three-point line up to 35%. Jonathan Isaac, Jalen Suggs, night in, night out, giving you all-world defense. And Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner giving you all-world buckets. And you've got role players like Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Wendell Carter Jr. you got Joe Ingles slanging threes off the bench. you got Gary Harris slanging threes off the bench, locking fools down. you got Mo Wagner coming in and starting and mixing up, right? <laughs> And just the magic are firing on all cylinders, bro. We're sitting at 50 games, 50 win season next year. Are you fired up? 
I'm fired up. I'm also thinking about the people that we lost before you started that and the people we lost during it. <laughs> no, they stuck all the way the, through that. All the all the sickos are still here. That's there's, for sure. There's people the on iPhone like in their cars like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like they're banging they're on the side door right now. Yeah. Like they're absolutely hyped right now. Yeah, I'm getting a if the magic start that and they look like they're on that trajectory, I'm getting a, a bullhorn so I can just just absolutely mash it yeah. down the interstate when I'm leaving come yeah. back to Ocala. That's electric. Yeah, I appreciated that. I really yeah. did. I think that's what the offseason's about. The offseason is about dreaming. Every yeah. team is zero and zero. The playing field has never been more even unless you've got Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, you know what I'm saying? Giannis Antetokounmpo. But uh, yeah, no, thank you for that. That was special. And that doesn't even, we didn't even talk about the in-season tournament that I put like 40 bucks on with a chance to win like $1,200. To win it? Yeah. If the Magic win yeah. the entire thing, I win like a ton of money from that. Like not the whole thing. Yeah. To win their group. Win it's their 40 group. to win 1200 Maybe I'm exaggerating. There's no way. Maybe I'm exaggerating. I mean, <laughs> I'll log into Bovada real quick and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's what here. There's no that's way. It was, no. When I saw it, I was like, wow, that's, really surprising maybe my fantasy brain just like completely took over in this scenario so. here let me let me take a look at my open bets so <laughs> let's see no it's it's 40 dollars to win 1400 the magic are plus 3500 to win the group to win the group brother that's outlandish to right win the group Wait, what were the odds on that? Plus what? Plus thirty five hundred. They're now plus nine hundred to win the group. See, Vegas, Vegas it was, knows it's forty to win three sixty now. They, I got forty to win fourteen hundred dollars. You're not adding a zero. It's not like forty no, to brother, win one forty. I will show you. I will share my screen when we're done here, which we're that just is, about done. That is so crazy. So if you man, didn't didn't get wild. in on the odds, because like Boston winnable. Toronto, Chicago, Brooklyn, winnable. Like the Magic, you, you got to go 4 0 against those teams and you win the group. Like, that's not impossible. That is a crazy turn of odds. Right? That's you said what I, plus. You, when I you saw it, I was what? like, this is crazy. I tried to bet more, no. and Bovada wouldn't let me bet any more than $44.56. <laughs> It was forty. Wait, forty four. Okay, because the magic right now to win the entire thing is plus thirty five hundred. I will share my screen when we are done here, and you will be <laughs> okay. like, "Wow, that is absolutely insane." Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. folks. Sorry you didn't get as good odds as I did for the magic to come out of East Group C next season, but that is going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to the Six Man Show. Maybe the Magic win fifty games next year. Who knows? We'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.